like, oh, we're a bunch of criminals who ruin everything, you know? <laughs> like, no... Italians from Jersey are part of Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> band. That's that subtle racism of, like, don't you all know each other? Yeah, <laughs> like, what a hole waiting to be filled. I don't know how it happened, honestly. I must have been high or something. But... <laughs> um, now I just keep thinking about filling Austin's hole. Uh-huh. Columbus should be the hill for anyone to die on. In this house, we appreciate Columbus, and that's it! And, like, you know? Yeah, Italians had a real PR problem before it got fixed in the 80s with the Mario Brothers. Well, your fight against discrimination is now discriminating against me. And his tears are making their pussy wet. We're just gonna watch someone's asshole while shit comes out for 30 minutes. (laughs) Don't fucking give me that money! Fuck you too, my man! We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that blowed Buckle up buttercup It's a bumpy road Going deep inside the mainframe Secret code Some of this shit stinks Some of it's gold yeah, It's ABC Featuring the VIPs of SBTV Austin G and Dr. DB With our AT&C money Weird TV is their specialty It might be all four Just one, two, or three Cause they're old and kinda busy So go get ready and take a pee So set your phasers to download A rarity that we have bestowed Special moments no one would have showed Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to what is a continuation of a very special episode, Summer Bummer Series, where we are watching a very bad episode of a very good show. And I am so lucky to be joined again. This is the penultimate Summer Bummer episode. And we again have all four of the original AVSers in the house. So tonight I am, of course, joined by someone who is rocking a killer signature ponytail. They're just going to get worse, guys. <laughs> David Bitsenoff. <laughs> there you go. I'll you pretend like play. I have hair. I was saving that one for Ryan because he's got the most hair of all of us. Do I? Oh, you, thanks, guys. You do have the highest quaff. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And next but not least, we have someone whose mouth is constantly costing us money. Hey, forget about it. It's Austin Martin. I think that's Carol. <laughs> <laughs> you. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, because of all the food you like, okay. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. The room. Yep. All this catered food we have for these podcasts. It's expensive. <laughs> it does. And next we have someone who is just a dirty little whore. Oh, yeah, Ryan Alexander Tanner. <laughs> yeah, that worked out perfectly. That was great. Some of you may not know this, but I'm part Fogawi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Fogawi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you gonna? Are you gonna do the punch? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what my part? what is it? My ancestors—they're nomads. They travel around. And be like, we're the Fagawi. Hey. <laughs> yeah. 
and I myself am your host this evening, and I am the strong and silent type, like Gary Cooper. Fair. We all know this. <laughs> True. It's an apt so, description. Right? Uh, tonight, our very special episode, a bad episode of a good show, nay, the best show, uh, this <laughs> is... The Sopranos, the thing from HBO that way back in the 90s and odds kind of kicked off what I would call a renaissance yeah. of television in general. Totally. This fucking deal. So great. I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> we are doing episode three of season four, which is the 42nd episode of Sopranos overall. It is called Christopher, which might be for Christopher Columbus, or there's a character named Christopher who did happen to write this episode. The actor who plays Christopher Moltisantiano. E. Moltisantiani. So, I'm very excited to dive right in, but first let's go around and see just what everybody's familiarity with this classic television is. Uh, I hinted myself, I'm quite familiar. Let's hear from a noob. Let's hear from a noob with a ponytail. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I would say that it, all I knew about the Sopranos was there was a guy named Tony Soprano. He was in the That's mob. That's true. Yeah. So far, it... accurate description. Yep. yep. Hundred. And 100. I know how it ended. How? And, uh, fade to black while Don't oh. Stop Believing is playing while he's eating an onion ring while somebody <laughs> suspicious goes into the bathroom. Very nice. But isn't that how every series ends? Yeah. Well, now after yeah. they did that. <laughs> Which may be one of the reasons I haven't really gone out of my way to go see it, because it doesn't seem like an ending I'd be very fond of. Sure, sure. But then again, David, I'd like you to compare and contrast it to the fan base uh, versus Lost, you know? When that <laughs> ended, everyone was sad, so they were eating onion rings in the bathroom. <laughs> and when The Sopranos ended, there was a hubbub, but uh, the fan base will still carry the torch. You won't hear me defend Lost. <laughs> okay. And if I came into if I heard about the ending to Lost before I ever started the series, I probably would have never started that series. Yeah, that's either. why I've never watched Lost. Mm -hmm. yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, and I was going to say, so this would be this was going to be my first episode I ever saw, oh. but then somehow I fucked up and watched the wrong episode. So I've seen two episodes. Which one did you watch? That's very careful of you. It was a random. Yeah. I don't know how it happened, honestly. It must have been high or something. But it, was a, it was a random season six episode. What? It's a great season. He just right? wakes up from a coma. And then oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's oh, like talking with religious people and stuff. Yeah, that's a great guy. one. That's so funny. That was the first episode you saw. How did you watch yeah. it? Uh, Off of HBO. Oh, okay. Uh, on-demand nice. stuff. And, and you watched the whole episode before you realized what happened? Well, I guess I didn't pay attention to what, what I was supposed to be, like the premise of what I was supposed to be watching. I was going to be watching a random in the middle of the series episode anyway. Sure, it's like, sure. I wasn't going to determine. Like, if this was the pilot, obviously, I would have figured it out that, like, this doesn't seem like the beginning of the of the series, so I don't know. Well, good job, well, David. Yeah. You're very lucky to have watched two episodes. Yeah. Now you should just do them in sequence. You and should good just, job, yeah. I think you should watch them all in random order. <laughs> But like not backwards chronological, just totally no, yeah, random no, just order. Completely random, but just yeah. always yeah. just one. Like yeah, yeah. like yeah. one a week. Yeah, put exactly. it on shuffle. Yeah, that's great. Sopranos roulette. Yeah. Oh man. 
Uh, somebody else who might have watched Lost and might not have watched Sopranos and whose mouth costs us money because they are confirmed our most controversial panelists. Yeah, uh, Austin, what's your relationship like with the Sopranos? Uh, yes, like David, this, well, unlike David, this is the first and only <laughs> episode of The Sopranos that I have seen today. Um, it's one of those shows that I know of without having ever watched it. it as you said, Carol, it sort of looms large over yeah. our modern TV era, sort of the progenitor of the current golden age of TV drama. Um, I never wa- I didn't watch it because when it was first airing, I think it started like maybe 98 or 99, ran into mm-hmm. the early 2000s. It was sort of notorious for being one of those HBO shows where like, here's our 10-episode season. We're going to take two years off. Yeah. Here's eight-episode season. We're going to take three years off. And at the time, I didn't have HBO. And right. like internet streaming, stealing stuff wasn't quite as easy to do as it is now. Mm-hmm. And this was, of course, also the heyday of my credit-busting D buying binge oh. but the uh, sopranos dvds were always super fucking expensive yeah yeah, yeah. like even with like other, like i could get a season of another show for like a third the cost of one 10 episode season of sopranos so it's like yeah. i had plenty of other stuff to watch so i heard great things about it i heard it was this sort of fantastic groundbreaking genre defining show but i just didn't watch it first run and now that i am now that i have hbo and can just watch it all on demand i just have not made the effort to get into it yet. What a hole waiting to be filled. <laughs> Giggity. How are you just, oh, hovering above that beautiful precipice. Uh, someone who doesn't bother hovering above the precipice, but just dives right in, is my fellow in Loving the Sopranos just a little bit. Ryan, what do you think? Um, now I just keep thinking about filling Austin's hole. Yeah, <laughs> fill it like a cannoli and get the cream to stick well, this, out. This episode featured some interesting hole filling. <laughs> I was so happy for you guys that this was that episode. Oh, yeah. Mm, Ryan, what do you think of Sopranos? I think Austin's hole is just waiting to be filled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's one of my top shows. like yeah. easy, And I've probably yeah. seen it. Maybe more than any show, cause yeah. How many times do you think? I don't know, cause what I I um did have the DVDs, and yeah, um. I'll tell you, I've been to Best Buy like in the last couple years, and those box sets are like twenty bucks now. Oh yeah, now nah. <laughs> motherfucker. Um, yeah, but, Best Buy is still in business. But that's damn. But that twenty dollars is still like fifteen dollars more than every other DVD in Best Buy right now. <laughs> oh. But um, I think I had the first four seasons. And then by the fifth season, uh, like, I downloaded them or something. Yeah. Were you uh, watching them in real time or after the fact? So I worked at a video store. Oh. And Sopranos, part of why Sopranos was such a game changer, it was in quality, but it also was in that, oh, you can put a TV series on DVD and people will buy it. Because a lot of yeah. people didn't have oh, totally. HBO. And it was right. a whole new type of revenue for TV. And I think that's part of what revolutionized TV. Yeah, so it, did, remember... it kicked off the TV on D business as well as sort of prestige TV. Yeah, and I remember uh, at the video store, it was always old ladies who liked really? The Sopranos. Yeah, for and still, I would say old ladies really like The Sopranos. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Maybe yeah. they all liked Livia, Tony's mom. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, so I had, yeah... As they came out, I think I got the first four seasons on DVD, and I would just put them on. Like, I'd watch them all the way through, and then I'd just put them on every once in a while. 
And uh, so I think the fifth and sixth seasons I actually saw as they were coming out. This is such like an era specific. Like I used to go back home from college and my mom would have them all on Hulu because she'd have Mm. recorded. Or not Hulu, I'm sorry. What was that thing called? TiVo. TiVo. That's what it was called. (laughs) She would have TiVo'd them all. And sometimes there'd be like one missing or something. Uh Yeah. And um, yeah. And then I had a friend who had HBO like. For the last season and uh so to this day and this my most first world problem in my whole life is that uh-huh. i like to put shit on when i'm going to sleep and sopranos yeah. is good because i've seen it so many times that it doesn't matter if i fall asleep but if you have hbo now it'll just continue to play it wasn't <laughs> stop you know like netflix will play two episodes of cheers and then it'll be like are you still watching and it'll shut off if you don't respond hbo just plays forever so I can't oh, really no. fall asleep to it because it'll be playing still when I wake up. And it's, <laughs> Hashtag and it's, first world problem. I just like, want to tell you guys that dreams. it's been hard. Yeah. Do you have creepy soprano dreams with uh, the big math Billy Bass and shit? It's just a real weight to carry, you know, like shows that don't automatically shut off. It's like, what is this? What kind of a world is this? <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, I love the Sopranos. And I'm curious, I think I know why, but I'm really curious in getting into your hole and oh. may, why you picked this. As a... Into my hole, yes. <laughs> yeah, your hole too. Everyone's got a good cannoli on this yeah, show, well, Italian. Now David's hole feels left out, <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we got a lot of time left. I'm used so, to it. We'll get to you, David. <laughs> we'll get to your hole. But So I'm interested in why you picked this as your bad episode of a good show, and also your general... Uh, Sopranos relationship. Yeah, let's see. So, like Austin, I was not going to pay money for a DVD or cable. Feel you, dog. So, <laughs> I. No, to be also, clear, yeah. I was paying for those things. Oh. I was just paying for it in other places. I see. You had to get all of Battlestar or whatever the fuck your business was at the time. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I didn't watch Sopranos. Um, and also, I wasn't going to have cable. Oh, and also, in general, I find most mafia shit vastly overrated, oh, you know? Oh, uh, Goodfellas is pretty good. Casino oh, yeah. is great, actually. Oh, uh, well, Godfather? Oh, Carol. I know, Carol. I know. So, sue me. But The Sopranos, gold. Gold all yeah, the way through. It is such a good show that before I watched this episode, I'd never seen it out of sequence. Because uh. I waited until just like, what, two or three or five years ago when we <laughs> could get it all downloaded and I could watch one and then the next and yeah. then think about it and then watch the next in this yeah. very perfect second world in the, in the new way where you get all the digital media and it's yours. Have you watched it through more than once? Yes. I've yeah. done it two times. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the third. It's one of those shows someone can always dare me to pick up and yeah. do again. Yeah. Uh, I find Sopranos pairs best with the autumn. It's an autismal show. Oh. <laughs> so maybe this year I'll do it again. Maybe I'll space it out, let it breathe. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely, like you said, Ryan, top-tier television. It's a bunker show. I need it to go into space so the aliens can at least appreciate us a little <laughs> well and it's really layered yes. like it's really rewarding on rewatches because you get all this shit that's like all the mafia shit that happens i would never get that on the first watch through and usually like the right. second time i watch it through i'd be like oh okay i get what's happening like what kind of deals they're making and they use this specific language the show never really orients you it just shows mm-hmm. you shit 
which is the thing I like about it and also makes it more challenging. Yes, um, and, uh, it's very immersive like that. Yeah, and also how it's like totally a comedy mm -hmm, and also mm -hmm. totally a serious drama at the same time. Yes, and it's like yeah. very realistic and very satirical at the same time. Yes, yeah. that's kind of what I was going to say. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is just a straight up fucking tragedy. Yeah. And the second time I watched it, I'm like, this is a straight up fucking comedy. Because uh -huh. Tony's mom, Livia, is especially this mean, scary lady who messed up Tony, and everybody's mean and scary and messed up anyways. But Tony's mm. mom, every time I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, she's scary. And the second time, she's just hilarious, like, yeah. knee-slappingly mean. She has such good lines. Yeah. It's so great. And she's such, said her delivery and shit is amazing. Yeah, that's right. one of the things that really hurt the show is when mm -hmm. she actually died, and it fucked right. up the third season. And I would have picked if I would have picked a bad Sopranos, although I don't believe there's a bad episode of the Sopranos, but I do think there's... Right several really bad scenes and one of the worst True. is when she has actually died and the computer put her head yeah uh, that was pain that was so bad it is deliciously painful but yeah. i will say that i didn't notice that the first i mean oh, really? i must have noticed something was wrong but yeah. i didn't know that's what was going on yeah so they 2003 era cgi the actress's face from test footage they had onto like a different old lady's body to be in the scene yeah like oliver reed and uh, gladiator yeah, yeah, and it was totally unnecessary, the scene, and also everything she's saying is shit she said in other scenes, so it's like right. this really poorly patched together yeah. sequence. It's really painful. Anyway, so why'd you pick this one, Carol? Oh, uh, let's see. I didn't... Well, I did want to... Since we did Good Show, my brain did go first to Sopranos. Yeah, because so me and you have been trying to get Sopranos on yes. the show for a minute. Yeah, It's been a matter of time. I certainly considered the Christmas episode yep. for last holiday, and I still might get to it. Hmm. Um, this one I got because I find, you know, just the whole Christopher Columbus part and the Indian stuff just, like, really hackneyed and corny. Yeah, I mean, this one would have, I mean, as I was watching it, I'm like, you know, you could have done this one at any time. Yeah, as a very special. You know, the Columbus thing kind of, right. so it's kind of a doubly like, it's, you know, you picked it as a bad episode of a good show, but it also has kind of a very special tinge to it in its, the way that it kind of tackles the Columbus controversy. It's know, topical, at least. Right. Yeah. And, and sadly more topical now than it was in 2002 or whatever yeah. it was at this year. Like, True. It, it seemed more resonant to me now than it would have back then. And I would have said that I found this to be somewhat inessential as far as most of the series is concerned. You know, like, think of the Jenga Tower. If you had to pull one episode out of that structure, which one's going to crash it the least? I would say this one. Except on this rewatch, they introduced a couple of important things. Yeah. They could have moved it around, but it wasn't a throwaway episode by any means. Yeah, no, it's got a couple of plot elements that some of them start here. Yeah, things right. that really carry for a long time. Right. Uh, so just kind of, uh, I was responding to the Sopranos fan base and like what is, I've always heard, considered the worst episode, which okay. is still so good for our palates. Yeah. Mwah, mwah, mwah. So do you think this episode is good or do you think it sucks? I think it's great. Okay. I think it's one of the worser episodes of the sopranos yeah that's fair i just am interested i mean we're going to talk about like its yeah. depiction of of these politics around this thing because i think it is pretty interesting the way it talks about issues and the way it's sort of self-critiquing and um 
I don't know, I guess we'll get into it. Yeah, it always stuck out for me in sequence. It's kind of, you know, uh, just being a little bit too political, but hmm. uh, the politics hold up, kind of. And at least they get discussed, which is a lot. Well, and I think the whole thing about this show is it occasionally reminds you that these people are totally shitty. Right. So when they have, like, an opinion or a feeling about something, we're not expected to agree with them. And uh, they're so, like, charismatic and likable and the performances are so good that you do, like, care about them and you root for them in these ways. But the show occasionally is like, by the way, Tony is a murderer or uh, he's racist or, you know, various kind of just things about him that um, you tend to accept occasionally. And then there's these kind of jolting reminders of, like, uh, and I I think this episode is in many ways like an Italian-American critique of their own uh, kind of reactions to things and self-identity and all that. He is so gorgeous. I'm surprised nobody snapped him up yet. I think he should lose the ponytail. Looks like a dick coming out of his head. She pretends to be his friend. What a two-face. How much money did you make today, slut? That's all, bitch. I think you worked that ass. Worked that ass, you little cunt. Mama's a little tramp. Mama's a little hula. Pimp you out, bitch. And on that note, let's dive right into the first scene. We are at something very familiar to Sopranos viewers. We're at Satriol's Meat Market. And all the made men in Tony's crew are kind of rumbling about the protests that are going to happen at the Columbus Day Parade. To be fair, Columbus did suck. He did, yeah, dude. He did. <laughs> yeah, very much so. The, the Native American characters in this one are pretty much all right. <laughs> yeah. I like that they. Uh, I like that they did the old chestnut of like, yeah, we took the land away from the Indians and then we gave it back to them. Yeah, yeah. And they built casinos on them. Like, yes, we took all of their land and gave them out shitty little parts of it. <laughs> yeah. And then some of them have managed to make <laughs> yeah. money off of that. Right. I like Bobby Baklava's line about, I wouldn't mind sitting on my ass smoking mushrooms all day. Yeah. Yeah, they're assholes. <laughs> they're bad guys. And and they have no sense whatsoever of like, oh, we're a bunch of criminals who ruin everything, you know? <laughs> like, no, no sense whatsoever of that. That's part of it. And then Furio talks about how he doesn't like Columbus because Southern Italians don't like the Northerners and yes. shit. So it's about all this like self-image and hypocrisy and all this stuff, you know? I have a question for the newbies. Uh, which of those gentlemen eating those cold cuts at that table do you think does the most murders? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Okay, great. The, the main one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. We probably have seen him do the most murders for sure. Yeah, yeah. so. The one, I guess the one who is who turns out to be the Robert Duvall and Godfather to Tony Soprano. The, the one who's... 
the consigliere. Oh, yeah, Silvio. Yeah, Silvio. Okay, here's something that really messed me up in my first watch of Sopranos, right? I bet you now. Um, Which of also of these murder men do you think tours with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band? (laughs) All of them? (laughs) Isn't this the E Street Band? I thought that's... (laughs) I thought that's who that's was racist, like the supporting cast yeah. of. Uh, Are you saying all Italians look alike? <laughs> no, I'm saying all Italians from Jersey are part of Bruce Springsteen's band. It's pretty racist. I told you Austin was controversial. I know, Austin. You just uh, your mouth is costing us money or whatever. Uh, yeah, Steve Van Zandt, who you picked out, uh, is in the East Street Band. He has a big sour face on most of the time oh, and that a big be, clock of hair. That might be why I recognized his yeah, credits. Yeah. Yeah. He takes off his wig and wears a bandana yeah. and, just, and just frowns over a guitar or whatever. And I guess he did some talk at some event or something and David Chase, who made this show, saw him oh, and was like, I'm putting you in my show. <laughs> that's great because yeah. his face is good. So good every time in this thing. Yeah, I like him. He's definitely probably the most criticized performer on this show. Oh, really? Because he's not even an actor, and then he's like yeah. a major role on a very yeah. uh, great show. But I, I think would, he's great. I would say it's his wife who has a scene in this episode. And that's and his real wife. His wife. Yep. Yep. She used to be a piece of ass. <laughs> oh, I know that was hard. To Tony. Um, great though. Yeah. And he's the only character you don't really ever get into. On the show, oh, everyone oh. you see some amount of their life, or they get B stories or whatever. Except Silvio, you pretty much never ever do. That's true. Yeah. He's mostly just a businessman at yeah. the bottom. Bang. That's usually what they do. In that. And he's kind of weirdly unknowable. Like you right. never really. He does all this stuff. Like in this episode, he does it where he's kind of at odds with Tony a little bit sometimes, but they never have a conflict, but you don't really know what his motivations are, what he's thinking ever. He's this odd, yeah. kind of unknowable character in a, in a way. And in this episode, he's giving Tony the most grief because he's getting really into Italian pride and wanting mm-hmm. to protect the Columbus Day Parade, which is a little uncharacteristic. Usually, Silvio wouldn't bring anything other than some big-town murder business right to the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was this is also um, I forget who it was that said it. Well, those Native Americans are protesting Columbus, but now they're infringing on my Columbus Day enjoyment. Yeah, the old like, well, your fight against discrimination is now discriminating against me, which is like, yeah, which yeah. is like one of the central pillars of our current <laughs> presidential administration. Uh oh, do you think the Sopranos are proud boys? Is that? <laughs> Well, that's another big one is Carmela says in an episode that she voted for George W. Bush. And I always remember that being like, oh, <laughs> that's like of all like the murders and things that happen on the yeah. show. That's <laughs> one of the ones that sticks with you. you know? I'm glad James Galdolfini is dead so oh that they God. cannot reboot the fucking Sopranos post-Trump era. I would have, yeah, I would have seen it. If they had made a movie or something, I totally would have gone. Yeah. I couldn't look away. It's I'm such cu- a good property. I'm curious why you think him being dead would stop them from doing oh. it. <laughs> They're just going to do the CGI trick. Yeah, put his face cast. No, they'll just do, they'll do like Sopranos the next generation yeah, and he'll Sopranos be dead. The young oh, It'll good. be his like can... dopey ass kid that's in this episode. Yeah, fucking AJ. Like... That's what I'm saying. It's going to be all AJ and Meadow. Shit. Fuck you, Austin. Sopranos, <laughs> the Sopranos has integrity. <laughs> it has to. That kid had some good points. <laughs> yeah, he did. He does, but always, he, yeah. 
he's another one of the most criticized performances because there's so many powerhouse talents. It's really easy to pick on the somewhat weaker and child actor. I think that kid rules. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think he's pretty great. Okay. I wonder what he's up to now. No, uh, I don't. There's a weird parallel throughout this episode, I think, between, like, the Italians here and, like, that are presented in this episode. Sure. And, like, nerd culture. Uh-huh. And they're, like, loving of something in the past that they kind of grew up with and identify with. A nostalgia. Yeah, and then not being able to let go when that thing is pointed out to not be good anymore. Yeah. In whatever True. form that is and not in being personally affected by something that doesn't really have to define you or be who you are. Like, it's okay to be Italian and not like Columbus because Columbus was a shithead who didn't even know the size of the earth when everyone else did. And <laughs> just because you were told stories as a kid about it doesn't make it true and you just have to let some things go. Right? Like There we go. That's a very special episode. <laughs> wrap it up. Uh, Columbus should be the hill for anyone to die on. I yeah, exactly. Right yeah. <laughs> it's about time Silvio learned that, but it's going to take a while. <laughs> Then we cut to the gym where most of the mafia wives are working out together, talking about an upcoming ladies' luncheon and Furio's hot fucking ponytail. Uh-huh. So can you guys tell that Carmela has the hots for Furio? Yes. Yeah, sure. You can tell? <laughs> David can. I don't believe yeah, Austin. I saw it. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty it's and a... Carmela is uh, Tony Soprano's wife, so she's really horny and lonely, and she's like constantly trying to lure in these men, and it would be the death of them. No, it's yeah. just it's just Furio though. She doesn't like try to fuck she a bunch to... of guys. No, she, she wanted to fuck the father. She she makes out with the wallpaper man one time, and the priest, the whole priest thing. Well, they the had. whole first season's about sexual tension between yeah. her and the priest, but yeah, it's all that's comp. That's such a good. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, though, but, um... She's always horny. She's always horny, Ryan. Yeah, she's an unfulfilled person, you know, but, um... Tony's begging Sniz all over town, and she has these sad little almost affairs all the time. But her wanting to fuck Furio is, like, a a thread throughout the whole season, and it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of at its lowest here, but, yeah. I I was put off by Edie Falco in this episode, because I... I, well, it's, and it's all just about expectations, because I knew that she was Tony's wife, mm-hmm. and sort of built in with sort of my understanding of the show, I was expecting her to be playing the character a little bit differently. She was a lot more hmm. Fran Drescher as the nanny than I was expecting. Sure. Like, I was expecting more of this sort of, like, uh, cunning yet tragic put-upon Machiavellian mob wife sort of thing where she's much more like new jersey housewife kind of in the way she's super fucking smart though like yeah and she doesn't get her fingers dirty she does they make pains to show that everyone is complicit but carmella stays pretty like i'm above it and i'm fucking fine and some of it again this is i'm you know cherry picking the one episode without the context and whatnot one of the things that this episode talks about in its discussion of stereotypes and things like that, is how are the characters themselves in the show stereotypes. And she came across very much like a stereotypical mob boss's wife Mm -hmm. in a way that my understanding from, like, 
all of the acclaim that she got, and it makes you want Emmys for this role. Oh, like, yeah. I was expecting, like, a deeper, more nuanced character where what I got was just sort of, like, the stereotypical mob-like. Huh. I think yeah. there's probably... There's a lot of allusions and th- Like, her... The, the, the dialogue's really layered on this show, and... Um, it might have just been very out of context for you. Yeah, I'm certainly... And like I said, it's that taking it out of context and then running up against my perceived expectations from yeah. hearing even, about the show through the years. Even just like that she's having this attraction to, to Furio, like in the scenes you see them together, it's not overt really, but it's mm-hmm. really there. If you know it's there, it's very clearly there. So just stuff like that, like she's really good at playing from her what her character wants and things like that, you know? Subtext. Austin, while we're at it, I wasn't too impressed with Sarah Michelle Geller in that Buffy oh. episode we watched. Okay. <laughs> do, do we need Pick. to play the game of, like, picking on each other's favorites? Yes. <laughs> I was very impressed with Roseanne when we watched that episode. <laughs> yeah, let's not all forget here that Ryan made us watch the worst episode of anything ever made ever. So. That's well, true. this isn't even a bad episode. Right? No, I went way above you in the limbo line. I stand by my... I won the worst episode competition. So far, let's see what toilet David lives in next time. David's going to be like, we're just going to watch someone's asshole while <laughs> shit comes out for 30 minutes. <laughs> that would that still be better really than good. that Roseanne episode. It's true, yeah. it would. We're all pro that. Two women in a cup. Oh, no. I've never <laughs> seen that. I'm not going <laughs> to. I couldn't do it. I don't think I could watch it. Yeah. Mm. I got bombed with it. Oh my god. Like two years ago or something. Somebody just kind of like checked this out and I looked at them like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I avoided it for like four years! <laughs> <laughs> Presenting the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch, please, the game of the 60-second screenplay. It's a fun new game show where players pitch potential productions with pretty much no planning. Armed with only their imagination and a deck of 53 fully illustrated movie cliches like... Sexy hackers. Vaguely European supervillain. Sport dog. Players get one minute to plan it and one minute to pitch it. Pitch, please. It's the big screen in a little package. Take my pitch, please. Now playing the movies from inside, inside your mind. Please play Pitch, Please on the River City Podcast Federation. I'm not sure I'm These things get on my nerves. Don't get me started. Well, let's start with the idea of a parade for genocidal colonial general. These are pretty broad charges. Now, if you people want to make it an Italian pride parade, we have no problem with that. I mean, Western history does say Columbus discovered America. The same America that put your people in bondage for three centuries. I have to agree with them. The right to vote. Exactly. Take my grandparents. Two simple people from Sicily who braved the perilous Middle Passage oh, to... Middle Passage? That's a term for the slave trade. Well, what's your point? His history teacher, Mr. Cushman, is teaching your son that if Columbus was alive today, he would go on trial for crimes against humanity like Milosevic and... Your teacher said that. It's not just my teacher, it's the truth. It's in my history book. So you finally read a book and it's bullshit. Tell me. Look, you had to work at Columbus' shoes to see where he went. People thought the world was flat for crying out loud. You remember when we went to Florida, the heat, and those bugs? No, like it took us to murder people and put them in chains. He 
was a victim of his time. Well, who cares? It's what he did. He discovered America is what he did. He was a brave Italian explorer. And in this house, Christopher Columbus is a hero. End of story. <laughs> You guys, speaking of gross, freaky, freaky <laughs> sex. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. One of the times Ryan and I were nerding out about this show together, this scene came up. Ryan, mm -hmm. you want to do the honors of some of Janice's lines? Oh, I'll have to remember. Um, I can stage direct. I remembered them while I was thinking about filling Austin's hole. Yeah. Think about Austin's hole just waiting for your content. Talk, like working on the street. Yeah, walk me through it, Carol. <laughs> Let's see, what do we got? We got, uh, work that ass off, you little cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you're a dirty whore. You're a dirty whore. Take it all in the ass, basically. One of the things about when this I... show that makes me anxious and that uh -huh. I can't relate to is that they're all such liars. Yeah. And sometimes they do these things that are really were really confusing to me when I would first watch them because I don't understand, like, the... Because I'm shitty in ways or whatever, but I'm really not, like, a liar or good at lying at all. Sure. And, uh, like, in the next episode, he, like, tells his friends, like, yeah, Janice wanted to put a dildo up my ass and pretend like she was pimping me out. And I was like, why would he say that? And it's like he's preempting any rumors. Like, oh, yeah. he's, <laughs> but it's like, I, anyway, I don't know. That's why they had the breakup. Uh, Austin, yeah, to, Ryan, what did you think to, be, to get launched into this series and see this scene? To be, well, I suppose just to be clear to any listeners who didn't yes. watch the episode and are not yes. intimately familiar with it. Oh, right. Very Joey Pants is getting fucked up the ass by Tony's sister. <laughs> if, I, if I'm following yeah, all this correctly. Yeah. 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 And she's talking about what a dirty street whore he is yeah. and how he needs to work off the money. So even when he's off the clock, he's still hustling. That's the thing about these wise guys uh -huh. is they have to go do a score any time of the night. And uh, the Sopranos shows a decline in crime, like they're getting squeezed out of the businesses they used to squeeze because mm -hmm. they're all turning into Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, my first my first yeah. reaction upon what scene, uh, that scene coming on was, yeah. oh, that's why Carol picked this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> it was just a happy coincidence. <laughs> you say but, so. <laughs> Um, Janice is Tony's sister, and she's played by, I believe, who is it, fucking, uh, John Turturro's sister. Oh, yeah. They're, like, yeah, they're related. Yeah. So, uh, she's just this big hunk of beef like Tony, and she's one of the characters I love-hate the most of the show. Like, I, I hate Janice scenes, but I love them, because she's as bad as Tony, but in smaller stakes, I would say. And she has some murders, you guys. She'll do a murder. You probably believe that based on how she treats Ralphie a couple scenes later. Janice is the best character, man. Oh, my God. Does she scare you? She's just, like, really horrible. And she's got a rose tattoo on her tit. And, yeah, yeah she, this is the first scene I've ever seen a woman put a vibrator on a man's ass. It happened in 1998 or some shit. Yeah, now you can't. 2002. Mark that. Now Mark you can't flip stone. through the channels without... Yeah, I'm trying to think it. if I've ever seen another female sodomizing yeah, a male. Hanging, yeah, hanging. Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, They did some butt stuff in Deadpool, too, which was yeah. a big uh, mainstreaming on that. Hey, David. I'm absolutely yeah. right. David. 
Let me see your browser history. <laughs> I mean, in, like, mainstream. Okay. Yeah, I, I see the trade. I think I I believe this is the only time I've ever seen a man get pegged by a woman. There have been times when, like, Lauren wants to do that to me. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Times, you know, I don't do that. Uh, can, can we ask? Can we confirm with her? Lauren on the horn. You're supposed to trust me on this, right? Um, I mean, no judgment if you do. Just don't don't live a fake life. You know? <laughs> don't be fake. You can be. I don't care. David's spreading rumors to get ahead of the news cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, two great actors giving it their all, and um, uh, they have a different theme in Sopranos, where um, one of the maid men will participate in a coitus act that the rest of them deem bad because of toxic masculinity uh-huh. there's this great cunnilingus thread ryan knows what i'm talking about so good so good it's that old man you see in jail later who does cunnilingus guys great news a weird white side hair that i don't know if i can realize oh i mean the reed richards like, yeah, yeah, white yeah. sideburns hair uh-huh. well that's polly walnuts the cunnilingus is uncle junior that's true that's he's on true. trial so he's not in jail yet yeah, Polly Walnuts' hair is fantastic. Yeah. I love it. He's got what they call well, wings. Technically, he would yeah. be in jail awaiting trial. Oh, right. You're right. This is the time when Walnuts is in jail. And a fun fact about him is I believe the actor was uh, flirting with being a made man earlier, joining the mafia, but became uh. an actor who played mafia dudes instead. I and think that's in... probably true of a lot of the guys <laughs> that end up in uh-huh. mafia. Like, no, I, I mean, I'm not even being like a pseudo-racist smartass, like, I, uh, think, I think you're pretty racist against Italians. I, uh, I definitely I think, agree. I think there's like a lot of, like, not major actors, but I think rounding out the casts of like Scorsese movies and stuff, uh, actors who at one point floated with them. Like, right. yoo-hoo, fellas! Mafia! <laughs> <laughs> Were they like dressed up like in the Bugs Bunny dress? Oh, uh-huh, yeah, with the frilly dress. <laughs> Speaking with flirting with the mafia after that amazing fuck scene, which you will all remember forever. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just point out it's yeah, super. Sh- there's something that's always seems super shitty about cheating on somebody, but then like talking to them on the phone while the cheating is going on. Like, yeah, that somehow makes it worse than just cheating. Yeah, it's like, it <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Ralphie gets a call and he has to go do something. Uh, was the person on the other end his other spouse, Rosalie, yeah, or was Rosalie. it Tony Soprano? Okay, I thought Tony was telling. Tony me. wasn't <laughs> like, "I love you." Will you pick up some chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony does love him, and he loves chicken. Yeah, to be fair, I would assume he would tell anyone he loves them if it meant he got some chicken. Yeah, sure, I definitely would. That's one of the, the, the good, like, recurring things on this show is they'll, like, get a call. Like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop for that on the way, and then they, like, go kill someone, and then they go home. There's a lot of that on the show. There's also a and lot of eating on the show, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And another great food line is that you get to watch James Gandolfini gain weight the whole time. Uh, yeah. You can tell what season yeah. it is based on him. It's true. What a powerful performance. R.I.P. Gandolfini. Yeah. So we go to another mafia dinner where they all eat. And pretty much uh, Tony is getting dressed down because there was a real estate deal that he didn't loop in Johnny Sack on the cash. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's pretty much it. Well, there, yeah, there's all this whole shit happening. Like, I just assume it ties in with the yeah. arc of the season and whatnot. 
I was surprised yeah. that it seemed rather, at least at this point, non-contentious. He was just like, I'll, yeah. I'll make it right now, whether it, that they actually let it go or not. Yeah, well, right. it builds. And one of the things that's happening is that Polly is starting to talk to Johnny Sack all the time, who's mm-hmm. one of the guys who runs New York, and he's leaking all this information to him. And the episode after this is one of the best episodes ever, where the whole episode is about how Ralph told a fat joke about Johnny Sack's wife, and Johnny Sack wants yes. to kill Ralph over it. And in explaining to other mob people why he wants to kill Ralph, like to validate this big decision, he has to like tell the joke all these times. It's really great. It's it's totally an amazing episode. Oh, it's so great. I should say that, yeah, right before this dinner was when we saw Polly in jail using his collect call to call Johnny Sack, thank yeah. him for the, what did he get, stamps or natches, uh, and just yeah. bitch about how much jail sucks, because Polly's a really tidy little fancy dude. He hates this shit. He's having a bad time, and he's old, and he's not really a good hired gun for Tony anymore, but he's a pretty solid earner all mm-hmm. the same. So yeah, then we go to dinner, and Tony gets a little ear chewed off, and he starts to realize that little Birdie is saying too much about some of his deals, costing him money, and we go to Tony Soprano's house, where Carmilla is entertaining Silvio and his luxurious ponytail over coffee. Furio. Yes. What did I say? Silvio. Oh, it's Furio. Now who's racist? Yeah. Not all oh, Italians. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm saying to you, but... <laughs> this was where I picked up on some sexual tension between yeah. the two. Yeah. Finally, Austin's horny. Damn. So then they're watching a debate about the <laughs> Columbus thing. Williams. And Montel Williams is on it. That's the first time we have Montel Williams. And one of the things they do in this episode is whenever anyone's pulled into this debate, they bring up their own racial politics. It happens like two or three times in the episode. Right. And, uh... It's just an interesting part of, like, I think it's this episode is more about dis. I don't think it's really trying to make you feel one way or another about this issue. I think it's more about how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it interesting that Montel Williams was playing Montel Williams, the TV host, mm-hmm. and was somehow very terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so is this not ever a different thing? It was only filmed for The Soprano? Yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Montel is debating with people about just how much of a shit Columbus was. And Montel agrees with David and I that he was a total shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he never we just, actually set foot. He never set foot. He did not, <laughs> yeah. did not contribute to the name in any way, shape, or form. But he brought us <laughs> pasta, right? No, no. <laughs> you only went to the Caribbean island. Damn. Do, do any of you guys have any cultural pride? Are we all just like a bunch of no. smattering of Europe white people on this show? I mean, I'm half Irish, half German. Uh-huh. I do go out on St. Patrick's Day and like to count my Irish <laughs> heritage during that. Yeah. Follow him but, during Twitter because yeah. the drink count gets yeah, double. Because the, the next St. Patrick's Day might be his last. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I just go out there to drink a lot and I get drunk. I'm like, yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day, I'm Irish. But any <laughs> actual pride, like, I get into the history of Irish Americans or I'll take offense to smirching Ireland or yeah. Germany for that matter. Germany is so problematic. <laughs> but, yeah. What, what do you mean, David? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Now, to be fair, my ancestors came over before, uh, in, like, 1908, so I'm a little safe there. Yeah, I, not really. I mean, to answer your question right, not really. I have about a, I'm about a quarter German, and I have some connection to that part of my heritage, mostly because I studied German in high school and college, and I like their food and beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, <laughs> but I'm not going to, like, <laughs> die on a hill that some German guy is terrible and <laughs> there, there might be one or two, there might be one or two of those <laughs> that they're like not terrible yeah. in the name of my cultural pride or anything yeah. like that. Uh, I too am just a general white mutt. I think I'm mostly Irish and French. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did get to visit France recently and I really liked it. It like seemed like old school familiar. Boom. I don't have any personal uh, pride for those because I don't wasn't raised there. I used to be a proud American. Um, <laughs> um, you can still be a proud American, Carol. It's a different I'm America. Not, though. It's not the uh, current America. Yeah. Yeah, I'm proud for a lot of America. This season, I would probably cancel. Uh, <laughs> you're you're proud, proud of the of ideal of America. Yeah, I'm proud of some of the things we did. And I don't even remember what they were no more. And Ryan, of course, you're descended from the great hamburger right yeah i'm very proud of it <laughs> if anyone talks shit about hamburgers oh i get upset do you go punch them in their parades yeah you can't fuck with my hamburger holidays <laughs> are those all the regular holidays but with hamburgers yeah the native american american indian in this uh episode uh-huh um, red Bull, i think is yeah I, uh, anyway he is, he is the same actor who played the uh, half-naked Indian. Oh. He doesn't get near as nude in this role. He does not. I was kept waiting for him to show up with a couple of butt cheeks hanging out. I was disappointed. He's on the Montel. Yeah. He's the, interview. He's the, the counterpoint yeah. to, to Montel. And there's and some the other Italian dudes. guy. Yeah. Talk yeah. about the love of Italians. I, I love Italy. I love their food. I love so much. Just give up the Columbus thing. It's not worth it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a lot of Italian stuff. This Columbus thing. You get over. <laughs> um, question for Ryan and Carolyn. Is the general lack of musical score in this episode typical of the Sopranos? That's a good question. I would say yes. Yeah, it doesn't have a score. It's all uh, songs. Yeah, anytime, anytime there's music, that. it's, it's sampling from a song so there's yeah. no like underscore during no and that's kind of that's one of the big things of the show yeah i that... never put that so i never yeah. figured that out quite but yeah it was all blend together uh how did you guys like question for you how did you like that banger of an opening track um, the theme song i wrote down the question is this really the show's theme song every week <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Every week, yeah. Did you guys have any cultural awareness of this? Because I'm pretty sure the theme song was also parodied several times or used for other things. That's what threw me out because I'm like, I, I feel like I heard the Sopranos theme anytime I watched the Emmys from '98 to oh, 2006, yeah. or because like they're winning, about right. you know, because they're winning awards, and when the people are shuffling up to the stage, the orchestra plays like the theme. But I don't remember the theme being what was in this episode. Probably played the Godfather. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I was like, I was expecting it to be something sort of, you know, Godfather-esque, a little Nina Rota, a little, like, magisterial kind of a thing. And it was much more in the tradition of, like, a 70s sitcom, 
cop show kind of thing. Uh-huh. Tony rolling down the streets of Jersey in his car. Yeah. Kind of... uh, it's such a good song. Yeah, it's like kind of modern. They're trying to get away from what you were yeah. taking, Austin, but still do it. Yeah, it's a really low-rent Jersey mafia guy. I can't listen to it ever because, like, just from, like, leaving the DVDs on and, like, having watched the show so much, I'm like, I can never listen to this song ever again. <laughs> It just makes me so ready to watch the show. Yeah. It's Pavlov's Bell, and I just sit down, eyes on the screen, very ready. Uh, the first time I was watching the series through, there'll be some media where my boyfriend and I will, like, make out instead of finishing the show, you know? Uh-huh. And, like, one time it happened during Sopranos, and I was like, pause. Yeah. Because there's no way <laughs> yeah. that I'm going to just, like, one-eye watch it. It's two-eyes television. Yeah, definitely. So... What up, America? You might not know it yet, but it is your boy, Shane Hosey, host of the Hosey Hustle Podcast. It's a podcast where me and a guest take product ideas, business ideas from you, the audience, and we punch them up, make them better, and get them out ready for the market. Our success stories include cigarettes for dogs, a rock wrapped in leather, sexy airport luggage, and many more. My guests have included host of the Room of Requirement 237 podcast, Caitlin Warehouser, Portland Sweetheart, Mary Newmare, and frequent contributor to the Cracked podcast, Stephen Wilbur, among many others. You can check us out. We are part of the River City Podcast Federation, and you can find us at SoundCloud at Hosey Hustle. You can find us at Twitter at Hosey Hustle and Facebook at Hosey Hustle. That's H-O-S-E-A. H-U-S-T-L-E, Hosey Hustle. Hey, hope you have good markets, and now I'm going to let you get back to whatever the hell it is you were listening to. What's wrong with freedom of speech? Yeah? Yeah, my kid's talking about Columbus. He calls him a thief and a murderer. Well, they wiped out almost all of my people. That's right, Ruben. Come on, yeah, I got Martin Luther King Day. What do we got? Jews, because of the history, have common cause with the oppressed. No shit. Yeah, shit. Yeah? You want to talk about terrorism? Amen to that, my friend. That's right. Christopher Columbus was no better than Adolf Hitler. Hey, whoa, whoa, Hitler? Yeah. You're talking out of your ass. Columbus and Hitler. You're trivializing the Holocaust. Fuck you too, my man! Whoa, whoa. Hey, guys, come on. Ruben, Hesh. You guys have been friends for years. Speaking of cunnilingus and making out, we go see the cunnilingus master himself, Junior Soprano. Yeah. Uh, he's going to trial. One of the first time a soprano has been under trial in 30 years. And he's old, you guys. He's very old. Yeah. And no one likes him very much anymore. Well, this goes on for a long time. Yeah. So that's his scene. Yeah. And the lawyer kind of tells Junior not to complain about money while the jury is coming out. And Junior kind of didn't give a fuck. One of the things that's cool is... um that this show does is there's a lot of scenes that are like 10 seconds long or like, mm-hmm. um, and I think they would just make a bunch of stuff and put it together in editing a lot too. Yeah. It's very modern editing yeah. and it's very fast. Then we're on to the ladies luncheon as promised, where it is a lady giving a speech 
And she says lots of things that piss the mafia wives off about yeah. Italians. Yeah, she's talking about Italian stereotypes. And one of the things she brings up is smelly cheese and cold wine. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I associate the French with smelly cheese yeah. more than I do the Italians. And the Italians love yeah. wine, but I never yeah. think of it as like cold wine. Like specifically like right. cold wine. Is there something wrong with cold wine? I mean, it depends on the wine. I, I guess, guess. yeah. <laughs> right, that to me is one of the fudding uh, lines of the episode where it's like, is that, what are you talking about <laughs> Italian racism? And yeah. that's like your issue is people think of cheese and wine. Because it's Although French it, people. Yeah. In, in her defense, Orchietta and Bro- Broccoli Rabe is very good. Yeah. So I mean, I a meatball, though. It's so. also true. Hey, come on, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be kind of a bad speech, though. Yeah. yeah. I like the uh, name checking. Our old boy Rudy Giuliani has an age too well, has it? Yeah. Right. She's like, instead of Mussolini, think about Rudy Giuliani. I'm like, we thought back in 2002. Right. That's a moment that was extra dark now. Thanks for that. It's Trump. Right. And then, of course, this is one of the sort of interesting things the episode flirted with where she's like, you know, we're not all mobsters. And I'm like, except for all the mobsters you're talking yeah. to. Yeah. And that's, I mean, right. to the, the show is intentionally like, underlining that point. Well, the priest kind of... Oh, they visit with this a couple times throughout the series, like how mob stories are like, they're part of our culture and it's a whole genre, but also how it's a negative depiction of Italian-Americans and they kind of negotiate with it on screen. Several times, but then the wives are pissed after this, and I'm not sure why. I don't know. I miss did I miss something, or why are they so upset with the? Police? It's it's because she's saying that uh, the mob is a negative depiction of Italian Americans, and they're all. And then it's interesting. I mean, the show gets into this shit in interesting ways. Like they're all sort of preachy about themselves, but they're all shitty and then how silvio's wife talks to the priest and she's like who do you think keeps this parish alive because it's true that uh the mob is what keeps the the catholic church (laughs) going in this show you know right i think the speaker pissed them off by saying that not all italian ladies were mafia wives because some of them are i think still consider themselves very pious in the church the way i took it was yes this lady basically was like taking a, sh- unknowingly taking a shot at some of the people in the audience. And they weren't necessarily mad at the lady for that so much as they were mad at the priest who they felt like was on their side for inviting in this woman who took a shot at them. Yeah, like, true. You know, we're on, you're supposed to be on our side. Why are you bringing in this person critical of the mafia? You've betrayed us, kind of. He's supposed to know better since Tony Soprano is in sanitation that really he's in the mafia and show your fat fucking face. The priest was one of the uh, directors of CTU on 24. Oh, really? Yeah, they all oh. died. Jack ends up having to kill one or say, have one <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, he's the one that Jack kills. Yeah, they all die. Oh, they all die eventually in every season. Oh, we got a lot of episode left. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go to finally the protest. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of Native American people saying fuck Columbus because fuck Columbus. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Like, right? Yeah, they're true anti-heroes in this. Uh, we've got Silvio Patsy and Artie Zuko, always nice yeah. to see. Getting in the shit, and one of the Native Americans throws back at the Italian protesters, and he gets a brick in the head. It's kind of bloody. It's maybe some of the most violence. That's another thing. Most of the episodes of Sopranos are, like, pretty fucking violent for two or three seconds, and this is one of the least violent ones. Yeah. So it's a little off for the tone of the series. This episode always sticks out when I'm watching the whole series, but I would say it's just watching it as a one-off. It seems to make enough sense and seem okay tonally. So there's, yeah, the protest gets into a big fucking skirmish. Someone throws a soda at Artie. He gets in a car. He's okay, guys. Uh, but in general, they have beef, and Patsy gets arrested on disorderly conduct, which Tony isn't going to like. Bada boom. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Then we go to the car where Bobby Baklava gets a call from his son saying that his wife wants him to pick up eggs, which in Sopranos, speaking of layers, is always a telltale sign that some motherfucker is going to die. I thought he was supposed to pick it up steaks and eggplants. Yeah, well, eggplant. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, it still counts. Still counts. <laughs> uh, this is one of those points where I wrote down, like, yeah, I, I think the show is smart enough to be doing this intentionally, and that it engages with this sort of ongoing conversation of depictions of stereotypes. And is it a stereotype if it's true and all that kind of stuff? I love how, like, they're talking about, you know, like, oh, the mob is more, or the Italians are more than the mafia stereotypes, and Italian, you know, Columbus is a good Italian and all this, and every one of these fucking guys has, like, the most cliche Italian song is the ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> right, what was Bobby's? Uh, the was it, I think Ralphie's was the Rocky theme. I forget what Yeah, Rocky one of them was the Rocky theme, and, and one of them was the, uh, you, no, it's like a, the opera, the famous oh, Italian yeah. opera. Oh, yeah. I, uh, this was like when ringtones were a new thing. Oh, yeah, totally. Right. Totally. I thought you were going to address the ugly and hurtful cliche of husbands stuck in traffic who don't want to go to the store when you call them. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, for one, am downright tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bobby's pretty pissed to be given a task, and I wonder if that's going to bite him in the ass as soon as the next scene we're back at the Soprano uh, urban mansion, and Carmela gets a call informing her that Bobby's wife, whose name is Karen, just fucking died mm. in a car accident. And I don't know if we've same. ever even seen yeah. her before this episode. I can't remember. I feel like she's there, but just in the background. She she's might never be. really given much to do. No, and like initially when you watch this episode and they're like, Karen's dead, you're like, I don't know who that is. It takes a minute. You know? <laughs> but that happens on the show a fair amount where they just give you information and then you kind of get caught up. Right. And there's no shortage of funerals either. There's a lot on this show. And Karen died in traffic and we'll come to find out that she was the one who was causing the traffic jam that had so irritated Bobby Baklava. She, she died from waiting in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> the worst way to go brutal i know thanks everyone for moving to portland because i know <laughs> how it feels seriously fuck all y'all fuck. then we go to the bottom bing where all the made men are playing poker talking about their recent hijinks including getting busted during a protest mm-hmm. and karen being a good kid when she was alive and that's it <laughs> 
And then, here's an interesting one. Uh, so that's in the back of a strip club that Sylvia owns, by the way. And frequently you'll get to see the titties. But I'm sorry, you guys. You just got to see Janice uh, fucking. HBO time. breaking con on sexploitation. Even back in <laughs> the early O's. Oh, that's sorry, what you're done. Walk away. Do a deep dive, David. <laughs> Wait, so I think they make some of the points, though, about uh -huh. the episode in the scene where... Silvio's talking to Tony about the protest and stuff. Yeah. Like, Tony's like, we're running a business. Like, what the fuck are you getting so worked up? And then they talk about how Joe Colombo started the first Italian-American Anti-Defamation League, which is kind of an interesting hypocrisy. And then, uh, and then Silvio's because talking Joe about... Joe Colombo was a mobster? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh... Silvio's talking about it becoming like a PR battle, and it's about image manipulation, which is part of what this whole thing is about. It's about, like, fucking with another culture's perception of themselves or something. Yeah. True. And part of what's great about it is that their Native <laughs> American defamation is, like, totally lame. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably right. my we'll, favorite we'll thing in this episode. That, but... <laughs> yeah. That's a great part, and it's also very special, and it's just around the corner. But first we go to another thing that I found very interesting and I believe to be a one-off of just this one episode that Austin's ever seen, where we follow Janice to the therapist. Frequently, we follow Tony and Melfi, who is his therapist, is a major character. But this time we see Janice's low-rent version. I was very put yeah. off by the lack of Tony having a session with Lorraine Bracco in this episode. Yeah. Was, was like, oh, yeah. That's supposed to be the whole thing about the show is that he's a mobster True. seeing a therapist. Isn't that wacky? That's yeah. another reason why it kind of shifts tonally from all the rest of the episodes. And yeah. also, Lorraine doesn't get that big couple of moments that she usually do here. Because yeah. we said go with Janice, who's kind yeah. of the fucking worse, yeah. right? And her therapist is the worst, too. It's yeah, so her therapist great. was terrible. You know, yeah. Her therapist yeah. loved her and supported her. Where actually, a therapist should, um, I don't know. Not keep you accountable. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a couple of different therapists you see throughout the series. And right. A lot of them are really bad, and it's amazing. The one Carmela sees is a real standout moment of the series. I'll yeah. just say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Janice's therapist is really supportive to Janice for some reason and talks about how Janice is kind of super incestuous because she's dating another guy who works with her brother, and she seeks her brother's approval like she used to do her father and she has to do the work to make new choices you guys yeah which is good advice yeah. it is but it's gonna be wasted on jack yeah that's kind of the point yeah 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 <laughs> episode of a TV show that I've, I've never seen an episode of? Oh no, and we have, we cast it with a bunch of great local Portland comedians and performers? And then we perform it live, and record it, and release it for you as a podcast called SpecScript? And it's a lot less irritating than this? No, it really is! Check it out hmm. on iTunes, or wherever you get podcasts. And see it live at Kelly's Olympian, second Sunday, 7 o'clock. Pacific time. SpecScript. Doodoosh. I was mad enough, but I was stuck in traffic because of her accident. She was up the road ahead of me, lying in twisted metal, but I didn't know, and I could have been with her. 
Let's go into that really good uh, Indian PR takedown. <laughs> when Joe, what's his actual name, Austin? Who? The guy who plays Ralphie. Was Ralphie the guy getting pegged? Joey yes. Pants. Joey Pants. Joey Pantaleone. That's right, Pantaleone. I wanted to hear his whole name. Uh, let's just do a I think shout that's out. Pantaleano, something like that. For him, he was in so many things. He's a big time actor. Oh, yeah, he's, a, he's like yeah, he's like one of the classic that guy guys. Right. Shows up in, like, not bit parts, but, like, minor parts in a lot of different things. And, and he was little. big for a minute around this time. Yeah, this too. is, yeah. like, probably his apex coming off the And he kind of plays the slot uh, that Sopranos does in this season as a seasonal big bad. I don't know if you've noticed the friction between him and Tony. It was kind of made, manufactured by uh, Polly this episode, but they ended up getting into more fights later, and... Uh, me, Ryan, is he one of your favorite seasonal big bads? That I don't fights? like him as much. I mean, okay. the thing that they do that's cool is that the first two seasons have this like season arc, uh-huh. and then what they do that's different with Joey Pants is that at the end of the third season he doesn't die. He just, and that's kind of the surprise of the third season. It's like, oh, he's just still on the show, right. and what how his thing plays out is really well done and unexpected. Um. His but, ending is one of my favorite endings. Mm-hmm. Super brutal. But they also do a thing where when they introduce him into the show, he's like supposed to be a familiar character that everyone knows, mm-hmm. but you haven't seen him before, and it's a little awkwardly done. I remember that. True. He's also such a piece of shit, like in such yeah. a way. Because I love Richie Aprile. I think yeah. the second season foil is so good. And yeah. uh, this guy is just totally disgusting. Uh, hint to our newbies, Janice is a murderer at this point in the continuity of Sopranos, just so you know that, and maybe it was one of her boyfriends, so maybe you know that. The Moment Matrix. The Momentrix. <laughs> uh, Austin, go ahead and give the orphans some chicken parmesan, because they did good on that. Some chicken parm? Yeah, give them some parm from Carm. All right. So, yeah, Ralphie presents himself as Henry Caruso, a concerned citizen. He goes up to the Indian Representation Board and kind of tries to threaten them in a couple really sad ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, the major way is he brings out a picture of the famous crying Indian who used to cry when you threw litter on the road. <laughs> it was a big deal in the 60s. Which <laughs> might also be the show. 
giving some subtle commentary on the lack of American Indian representation. Maybe. In the culture that, like, that's who they have to dig up. Like, they're like, our plan is we're going to besmirch a American Indian pop culture figure. And the best they can come up with is the crying Indian from the, yeah. the, 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 the like, 70s PSAs about the environment. Oh, it's so great. It's, they could have also done the Indian on the Tootsie Pop rapper. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's Ooh. it's both pathetic Someone's in the universe and also pathetic that that's the best thing that anyone yeah. could have come up with anyway. Yeah. Right? The Native Americans did get a pretty raw deal, admittedly. Sure. Like Christopher yeah. himself said, right? Yeah. So, yeah, apparently that famous Indian of yore, who's very special in his own right, wasn't actually an Indian actor. It was an Italian actor, yeah. so maybe Italians and Indians are not so different after all. And <laughs> well, that they could play ambiguous races, just like how James Caan isn't actually Italian. I can't believe it. Right? Did you yeah, know well, that, that? I didn't know that. that. Comes, yeah, that comes in later. That's, mm-hmm. but, so then he leaves, but then the lead, the head of uh, guy, Native yeah. American. Yeah, Red Fang. Red like, Fang. My only problem with this scene is he's actually rattled by this or something. Yeah, yeah like, for like, minute, like yeah. Joey, Joey Pants doesn't seem to get rattled, but once he leaves, then yeah. he's like, oh my god, we gotta shut this thing down or something. Like that. At least the female is like, it's not a big deal. Because that was my reaction. I'm just like, I don't think anyone's gonna care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. For right? many, many reasons. Right? But you know who does care, David? AJ Soprano. <laughs> He cares so much that he's reading A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. Yeah. I, I like how, and this is just how it worked out, Like, but what he's reading is literally on page one of that I book. know. <laughs> I know. That's like such a classic. Yeah. No, it's AJ true, though. Like much if, of a reader. Yeah. If you read that book, that is what's on the first page. So really? Yeah. It's like huh? the very, because that's the beginning that's, of the yeah, United yeah. States is like, um... This statement that Columbus wrote home, we're like, yeah, we're gonna fuck these people up. One of the interactions, he's kind of telling his mother, he's like, Columbus is a real shit. She's like, well, George Washington owed slaves, and he goes, what's your point? And yeah. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you win, kid. You'd have a good spot in America well, in 2018. Like, that's a and then, that's and. Right. <laughs> she, she just changes the subject. Yeah. Like, too, which is, like, yeah. so perfectly done. Upon you know? the rewatch, I was pretty struck by how a couple of their, like, people groping for racial equality uh, discussions that I've seen play out in modern oh, yeah. media. And people, oh, yeah. Like, it's Definitely. just, that was so real. Oh, yeah, oh, I mean, God. his whole, like, Columbus yeah. was a shithead, yeah, well, Washington owned slaves is pretty much just, like, one step over from, oh, you're taking down the Robert E. Lee monument? Well, George Washington had slaves, you can take down his monuments, too. <laughs> right. Well, right. but also, one thing that makes it all uh, also very real is then Tony's just like this shouting, angry voice. <laughs> He's just like, in this house, we appreciate Columbus. And that's it. And like, that's the end, you know? And, uh, and it's that's what it's like. And there seems to be like this want by everybody to be the victim, to feel like yeah. they're the ones yep. being victimized. Yeah. yeah that's a lot. I love. Where are the oppressed ones? No, where are the at oppressed one, ones? At one point, Tony says, oh, like, well, just, you know, think about what Columbus went through. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what he went through? Leading a genocide? Was that, like, was that, like, a hard day's work for him? Like, I mean, yeah, that was a was really, really long draining. boat ride. I did yeah. find a, heard an interesting note, but I think the legend, quote, of Christopher Columbus came from Washington Irving? Sleeping Power? 
Oh yeah, it probably did. He was like he's responsible for a lot of like urban folklore. Yeah, so he just kind of wrote this tall tale about yeah. Christopher Columbus, and then no one cared until the Italians came over and then felt disparaged and wanted an Italian hero. So they kind of dug up this and story. About in the Columbus. Italians' defense, they when they came deep, over, they were deeply disparaged yes, against. So I understand like, yeah, their yes. desire to like find a figure in American mm-hmm. history that they yeah. could prop up as a like. We're not the... I mean, yeah. A hundred years ago, the Italians were what oh, yeah. Latin Americans like, yeah, are yeah, today. Yeah, so. huh. yeah, Italians had a real PR problem before it got fixed in the 80s with the Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're leaving out of this yeah. discussion. Is, yeah. <laughs> Let them protest Columbus. We got Super Mario. Yeah. Right? Where is this? The lady at the luncheon where she's like, the, the, mob, the Italians are more than the mob. They're also Super Mario. The problem <laughs> is no one really talks about the Mario Brothers because they're not like the others who get all the fame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. They don't really connect with people the same way they used to. Did you guys know that Mario Mario was played by not an Italian man? Oh, uh, that's a PR nightmare. <laughs> I know, it's going to blow your mind. Are you suggesting British? that Captain Lou Albano yeah, is we not Italian? Albano oh, I'm the... speaking of the film adaptation. Oh, yeah, yeah, Bob uh, Hoskins <laughs> is, is deeply British. Oh, is he? Luigi yeah. was also not played by an Italian. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Well, that's why that movie failed. <laughs> that's why it failed. Yeah, the only reason yeah. it was bad, the only reason it failed. They've just gotten an Italian like they should have. <laughs> I love it if they went all the way down it. Uh, you guys, let's have this fun. Let's take our fun into a funeral. A fun, fun funeral. <laughs> this is a sad scene. It's one of the saddest. Uh, there's many funerals throughout The Sopranos. You shouldn't be surprised to find out, gentlemen. But this is one of the innocents that die. So that always hurts a little more. Yeah, but... Yo, Joey Baklava's <laughs> crying didn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, Bobby Baklava. Or Bobby. Oh, see, Bobby Baklava's <laughs> crying did something. It's good. not Bobby Baklava. That's not what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> crying Pants McEggplant McPicker Opera yeah. is crying. It's not for me. very fake. That sounded really racist, Austin. Uh, I should clarify, the second time was really better than the first time. The first time I literally wrote down, the acting in this is not great. And then the second <laughs> time I was like, oh, okay, this is maybe like the best yeah, bit of acting yeah, in yeah. this episode. I, I didn't. I, his speaking may have been all right. His crying. Oh, yeah, I guess bad. maybe we're splitting hairs. His whole like monologue about how yeah. he was mad at it. Well, we'll get it. Yeah. So, no, I'm just sorry, Ryan. I'm calling him Bobby Baklava. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not upset. You can do it's, it. Okay, great. It does make me miss Big Pussy, though. That was oh, name. Yeah. You guys crying that. eggplant picker-upper. <laughs> All right. right. That sounds so racist when you say it, Austin. <laughs> Those are his two default traits in this episode. He was crying, and he was going to pick up eggplants. You should call him crying dead wife. Yeah. <laughs> crying dead wife. Pussy. Yeah. Wife dies and he cries. I know. Right. He's the real Big Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, everybody's, all the ladies, all the mob wives are just watching Bobby Baklava <laughs> cry so hard, and his tears are making their pussy wet. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one who cares about Karen. Uh, all of the mafia men are kind of just talking shit in the corner. You can tell they don't give a fuck. And yeah. Bobby had c- cared about his wife, yeah. and he was the only one not to have a side hua, yeah. a.k.a. a gumar. 
What do you guys think about that? Good, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> a little more respect for crying McDeadwire. Huh? And then they're like planning out who's going to bring him food when. Like, yes. Otherwise, I love the way that they all. Uh, yeah, that was, I found that humorous. So, yeah. He's bringing him Mastacholi what night. All right, yeah. You should also know that Bobby likes trains, Austin. Oh, okay. Till later. Just know that. Yeah. Okay. Model trains. Human trains? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Little tiny trains, and he wears a fucking conductor's hat, and his son uh, shuns him. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Now, there's a contentious scene outside the funeral, but I, I had no idea what was going on. Hmm. Somebody missed a graduation or something. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, try to give him money. And... Yeah. Oh, Don't yeah. fucking give me that money, he slaps him with the envelope. It's Joey Beggs versus Ralphie versus Johnny Sachs, because Johnny Sachs has heard the rumor from the guy in jail that Joey Beggs uh, said a fat joke about his fat wife, which uh, they have episodes about. Uh, so he hates his ass, and no one else knows why those mafia men is beefing. Yeah. All right. But they is. And that causes Tony to say that someone's mouth is costing him money when him and Sylvia touch base about this. Yeah, and that's all in the next episode. This is, like, set up right. for, yeah. Right. So then... So then Ralph Cifaretto breaks up with Rosalie of Creole. Oh, yes. We go to Rosie's house, and they just... She's sad mm. because her friend's husband died. Her husband's wife died. And no, her friend died. Dead. Her dad died. Her brother died. Her well, she's died. had a lot of people close to her die over the course of the series. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, no, what am I supposed to do about this? And she says, she says you could comfort me. He's like, well, what do I get out of it? <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. So Ralphie. Like, I get, that you're, I get that you're an ass, but there's like yeah. better ways to be an ass about this. Right. Well, he's like a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I got kind of calls him that on the way yeah. out, which is a nice snap for her. Yeah. I love that actress, I think, is so amazing in that role. Yeah, and this is another sad moment for her character, but then from here, she's kind of free and clear. You just see worse things happening to other people, and she's pretty all right. Well, you got to get that those toxic relationships away from you, maybe better, right? Yeah. Right? And Ralphie might not want to bang her anymore, but that doesn't mean he's out of mounts. <laughs> 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 because he's got another end. We go to the stables where we have the huge introduction of Pi Oh My. Yay! Oh, is this the first time? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think. Well, it's the first time we see Ralphie have it. I'll have to watch the series again to be absolutely sure. Yeah. But it might at least, it certainly is Tony's introduction to the horse. Okay. Ralphie has just bought. And also, Hirsch is there, and he, as their Jewish lawyer, has some sympathies for Native Americans and their plight, which causes him to fucking fight with all the fucking dudes there. Yeah, it's another example of how people kind of bring their own uh, point of view to it. um, Because then he gets mad when someone says Columbus was like Hitler. Yeah. And then he gets mad at that person. Suddenly he's almost flipping to the Italian side. Right. Yeah, I like, yeah, yeah. I like when the Cuban guy's like, fuck you too, my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good fight, and who hasn't seen that fight play out where people yeah. who mostly agree get stuck on some little comparison and then yeah, they yeah. Just become mortal enemies. They even said you've been friends for years, but there they go. So that yeah. said a lot. 
a full-on social justice warrior meltdown, basically. Yeah. But let's go to the Baklava apartment where Bobby <laughs> is surrounded by a casserole and tragedy. Yeah. So putting aside the uh, effectiveness of his tears, uh, just his whole <laughs> spiel about, you know, I was mad at my wife and I was stuck in because I was stuck in traffic and she wanted me to pick things up and the whole reason I was stuck in traffic was because there was a car accident it was backed up because this car accident that she was in and she was like up there in this wreckage and I could have been with her and I wasn't I was just in my car I was mad at her and I found that whole spiel was the first time in this episode where I was like okay I kind of get why this is an acclaimed series like this is oh, actually yeah. like some good stuff happening here you know what I was thinking I was like, that's what you get for trying to make him go pick up steaks and <laughs> at the last minute when he's stuck in traffic. Yeah, twisted metal. Yeah. I mean, be... in her defense, she couldn't pick up the steaks and eggplants. Aw, she could when she called him. <laughs> <laughs> she might be alive if she did. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Very true. So just think about that. Well, actually, no. She was probably dead because the son called him to relay the message. Oh, you might be right. It wasn't her that she was yeah, talking to. Yeah, but still. Was the son. Well, it if, just depends on when the son called relative to if when. If she had gone to get the steaks herself, <laughs> yes. she wouldn't have you're died. Right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. No, I was going back to the, whether she was dead at the time he was being told to get them or not. Great. So Bobby's basically sad, and then Junior calls <laughs> asking Bobby for a ride, also some condolences. <laughs> very, very also some condolences. Right, yeah. Junior is mean as hell to Bobby. He's mean as hell to Tony. He's a mean dude. And Carm kind of calls it on it. Good for her. Yeah. But that's still going like that. Conclusion of the weird fucking scene, we go back to Janice's pad where Ralphie pulls up all wild in his car. He's finally set free and he's howling at the moon and him and Janice are going to fuck like right now. 
Uh, Janice has her tit tattoo showing, that rose on her boobs that she's always doing. She has to go do her part on the casserole train of sadness tonight. It's her turn to go to Bobby Baklava's. But <laughs> instead, she manages just to fuck Ralphie like the dirty whore he is all night long. Which would make Bobby extra sad because now the train is broken. Yeah, right? and I've come to learn exactly. that he loves trains. <laughs> exactly, guys. Maybe he dies holding a toy train. Maybe. So, yep, they're fucking. And then we go to Vesuvio's, where we actually haven't been all that much. That's where Artie, who was at the riot, works, you guys. That's his place. And uh, the made men meet with Chief White Dude, who's totally going <laughs> to do them a favor. Yeah. There Chief White Well, I, it's kind of implied he has no Native American in him. Yeah, right? he's, like... he's as Native American as Zach Morris was Native American. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he is about the same amount. Yeah. I mean, this guy's like, yeah. he probably made me Zach Morris. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I very much could see Zach growing up and trying to use his history report to get a chunk of the casino earnings. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> this would be a great cameo for Paul Gosler, too. Yeah. <laughs> I like these uh, the details, too, like when the the casino owner is like, uh, Hesh, you know, the grand, the bubble jet printer, you got my granddaughter. Yeah. doesn't really work. Right. <laughs> was that a real thing? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Is it a bubble jet? I think so. Yeah. Uh-huh. That predate the jet? I don't know. It was in 2002. <laughs> it was. It was. And so, yeah, Tony asks if the chief can put in a good word and try to get this protest canceled for the Columbus Day Parade. Which is also that, like, that's that subtle racism of, like, don't you all know each other? (laughs) Right. Can't you use your powers as a fellow Native American? And the chief just explains at the end that he had a a racial awakening while he's passed his whole life. He had a racial awakening after college, and he found out that he was part Indian. So that's how he owns several casinos. He's doing very well. Well, he he discovered this when the casino was being built, I believe. Yeah, and and, and Tony, to his credit, is wise to this. (laughs) Oh, and that's right when the casino was being built, wasn't it? Right. Uh, Then we go back to Bobby's. that can be a pretty, that can really tear tribes apart when, like, they're actually going to build a casino and then they'll start kicking people out unless they have the right documentation, the big political game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should do a proper episode on the casinos. <laughs> We're just going to toss them in this whole thing now. So then we go back to Bobby's, where it is finally Janice's turn to console him her titty tattoo, and her casserole that is certainly not as good as Carmela's. They say that in canon. <laughs> and this is where Bobby has his speech about being frustrated, stuck in traffic, mm. and being pissed at his wife while she lay dying. And this is when Janice's pussy gets wet from Bobby's tears. Yeah. yeah. He's a very attractive crying man. Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> Women really love it when he's upset and crying. <laughs> he's big, he's warm, he's wet, he's salty. Who doesn't love that? So we go back to the bada bing, not the strippers, just the back room. And Tony gets a call from Chief White Dude. 
no bueno on the intimidation deal, but as a consolation prize, they get a free weekend at an Indian casino. Yeah. Which they apparently take him up on pretty quickly. Then. Yeah, that's how oh, yeah. I was a little, like, taken aback by that. Tony's all about the fast grip. Like, sometimes just on a whim, they beat up people and steal wine out of the back of their car oh, yeah. during delivery. It was, it was more just that, like, there's already a lot going on in this episode, yeah. and then I'm like, and now we're in a completely new set, and everybody's in, like, their fancy clothes, and they can see, like, I wouldn't have been at all surprised if, like, in the next episode, they yeah. went to the casino or something. It was just like, nope, oh, we're going gonna to completely restage this episode for, like, one five-minute scene in the casino. This, yeah, it's like a movie. It's more like a movie than a show, you know? Right. You guys must be thinking about shows that are not top ten-tier television, where mm-hmm. they don't have a budget to go to a fancy casino, because Tony Soprano goes whenever the fuck he wants. True. He's like, I'm going to go to a new set for two minutes. Well, to, to be goes. fair, it wasn't that fancy casino. It just kind of seemed like a dark room with some gambling tables yeah, exactly. in it. <laughs> Let's not get too nuts here. This wasn't like they Wait, hold flew on. out Let to me the get... MGM Grand. No, let me get my research here. Oh, it, the budget for that scene was $180 million. <laughs> <laughs> they had three card tables. That's twice the amount of any card tables Zach yeah. Morris ever had. They made the entire cast play actual poker for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> And that's I, how much it costs. This is where they're like, this whole uh, that Native American not being Native American mm-hmm. isn't a big deal. It'd be like James Conn not being Italian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting for one of the Italians to be like, it's not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't decide if that was uh, <laughs> smart holding back on their uh, part or a missed opportunity. <laughs> right. So they're totally having a ball, and this is where we learn that James Can isn't even Italian. So it's just one of those things. People switch races in old-timey Hollywood. Yeah. What are you going to do? What is James Can now? James Can? He's like... Con. I don't know. I think, I think he is like now what he always was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't switch? Dead. <laughs> he's not dead. He always <laughs> was dead. No, he's not. I'm pretty sure James Con is dead. Uh. <laughs> No. Or Italian. He's Bronkish. <laughs> yeah, he's from... <laughs> his people are from the Bronx. He's probably just a white mutt. Throw him in a pot. America's a melting pot, everybody. So then we go back to Janice's therapist for the probably last time ever. Yeah. And by the way, uh, the, I love how like low rent the therapist's office is next to Melfi's. Melfi's yeah. is a very good bookshelf. Provocative art. New York, a waiting room. It's very, very perfect. And then this lady just has like a shitty couch with like <laughs> a blanket on it, you know, like a real person. It's great. It, it looks like it's her house or something. Yeah. It's like kind of cluttered. Yeah. Kind of a cluttered house. So the therapist in a really good knee slapper of a line tells Janice to break it off with Ralphie with the passion and respect that she's famous for. Yeah, I love that too. I wrote that down too. It's such a good setup to the next coming scene. Yeah. <laughs> so then we're back at the casino, and the dudes are still having a good-ass time. That's pretty much it. And this is where Tony says he's part for Galley, which is such uh-huh. a clever joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. What a great line to drop at the buffet. Classic sad clown tone zone. Don't you guys wish you were spending money for free at a casino and eating buffet food? Always. Well, yes. <laughs> See, maybe you should intimidate people racially more. I will do it more. All right. <laughs> I thought I had reached my happy medium.
racial intimidation, but maybe I should amp it up a little more. It's time to turn it way up, David. We're going <laughs> into the end zone. It's going to be great. Uh, then we have our only Melfi scene. And yeah, you don't get to see her in her office. You don't get to see her zoom into Tony's mind with her laser beams and flashing her long gams. Nope, she's hanging out in her house with her boring ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, and what does he say while he's watching the protest on uh, TV? I can't he remember. He looked it up. His very last line. So they're talking about what a tragedy it is that the Italians are fighting the Native Americans at the parade. Yeah. And Melfi is bemoaning it, and her ex says something about, like, it should be scored by this song, which is a uh, classical song. I forget oh, okay. the name. But yeah. All right. Because it's so tragic. They mm. are two Italians who are not mafiosos. Mm. But you get to see Melfi get dragged into Tony's intrigue and feel culpable into his narcissism and violence. And, Their relationship uh, is amazing. So yeah. good. It's so good. And um, Melfi also is concerned about her Italian heritage while she's literally supporting the mafia now. So here she is feeling real culpable during that parade, maybe. What did you guys think? Because you didn't get to see Melfi in her office. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, no, I, okay. I was just like, okay, I guess this is Lorraine Bracco's token appearance in this episode. <laughs> right. I thought she was supposed right. to be Tony's therapist. Yeah. Yeah, it totally did feel thrown away. <laughs> Time is fluid in Okay. Okay. So then the end. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then let's go see some of Janice's trademark passion and grace. Let's see it in action, where she's looking out the slats of her window very shadily, spying Ralphie across the street, and he's got a fucking suitcase. And he's coming right to her house, and she wants to break up with him. So what does she do, y'all? <laughs> I feel like Ralphie being a little presumptuous that, like, been with her, right? Yeah, oh yeah. But then, I don't know, she doesn't have to push him down the stairs. That <laughs> yeah. seems a bit much, too. She doesn't have to, but she <laughs> might want to. Yeah. Well, she pushes him down the stairs, and I then... Think he might be dead there. Well, yeah, because he, like, he kind of <laughs> hits... Better. So he, he hits at the bottom of, the, like, in the landing of the stairs, and then it almost looks like Joey Pants is like, oh, no, I needed to hit somewhere else. And then he does this, like, awkward little spasm thing, and then he starts loudly yelling things that are happening in the scene, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know Joey Pants was, like, a good actor in other things. I'd be like, where did they get this guy from? Because he's not good in this scene at all. What? He's just like, now I am saying the things that I'm feeling. You have hurt my back. I think he's just in a lot of pain. Maybe? Uh I don't know. I'll try to watch it again from your I found, eyes, Austin. I've, it totally I found, me. just in this scene, like, he was fine in his other huh. scenes, but in this scene, sure. I found Joey Pants very stiff and wooden. Well, he was stiff because... He, <laughs> yeah, I walked right into that one. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah, uh, basically, what Janice does, and there's a reason I told you she killed her ex-boyfriend. So she finds a little thing that just pisses her off, that she can blow up the whole fight to. So she's like Tony Soprano in that she's conniving and pugilistic. She'll steal a bitch's leg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> an mm -hmm. artificial leg in the future. It's great. She's, so she takes one thing that sets her off and then she mounts a campaign and she uses Tony as kind of her silent support because he will defend her in most cases. So what she does, oh, she sees that Ralphie wore his shoes inside the apartment. And this is a really good excuse to beat his ass. <laughs> so yeah. 
she's got the higher ground, Anakin, and she pummels him <laughs> and gets him and knocks him down and hurts his fucking old man back, which is, again, you know, one of those tastes of realistic Sopranos violence mm-hmm. where these are old dudes who go the fuck down. And an incredible performance, I might add. Yeah, I really bought it into his injury. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt it in my own back. <laughs> You're so much better than Sarah Michelle Galar. So I, I think that thematically this episode is like about mm-hmm. bad communication. Because we've got Ralphie's bad communication getting back to Johnny Sachs. We've got Tony. We've got the whole debate and the way debate is held throughout the whole episode. And then we have Janice's failure to communicate with what's going on with her internally with Ralph. Uh, Even like Bobby's wife wants him to pick something up and he's, you know, that whole thing. It's like all just this like wires crossed communication the whole time. Right. And so Ralphie goes down like a bitch, like a dirty <laughs> whore. Yeah. His back's broken, and she screams at him until he leaves in the night, limping all the way with his suitcase. So it's been a wild night for Ralphie, but Janice is free to get her hooks all the way at Bobby, and it happens so fast, you guys. Yeah. So she gets him. Yeah, well, they're only a thing for like two episodes too. It's like a really short. I, mean, I don't even think his wife's body is cold yet. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not. They're still reheating it every casserole. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but the show does a lot of misdirection too, where you're like, uh, you're like, oh, now Janice and Ralph are going to be seeing each other, and sometimes it'll go on for two years, and sometimes it'll be like three episodes and then it'll like left turn there's a lot of that stuff on the show yeah no offense chief but uh, you don't look much like an indian frankly i passed most of my life as white until I had a racial awakening and discovered my Mohawk blood. And all this happened when the casino bill got passed, right? Better late than that. Fucking Chief Smith wants Frankie Valley to come up there and play a week. That's what this whole fucking junket was about. Frank? Yeah, that's right. That's why he buttholed me, goddammit. I see Frankie for years. Tough shit! You're making a fucking call! When they disallow Columbus... Oh, will you fucking stop? What the fuck happened to Gary Cooper? That's what I'd like to know. He died. Now, that was an American. A strong, silent type. He did what he had to do. If he was a medagon around nowadays, he'd, he'd be a member of some victim's group. The fundamentalist Christians, the abused cowboys, the gays, whatever the fuck. He was gay, Gary So we go to our final scene where after all that drama, action, and blackjack, the made men are carpooling back to uh, New Jersey. I love this Definitely scene. New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, we have Silvio and Tony arguing, and Tony's fucking over it and gives him the full monologue. Yeah, I got a little confused at why, what exactly <laughs> happened with the casino. So he just wanted somebody play at the casino? 
Yes, uh, Chief White Dude knows that the Sopranos are buddies with uh, with it, Richie Valley. Frankie Valley. Of the Four Seasons. Yeah, yeah, the Four Seasons and Frankie Valley does have a lovely voice. They close with it. Uh, those guys are friends with them. One of the Sinatras plays poker with them sometimes. So they, Tony, so they are legitimately friends with Frankie Valley, like in universe. They know yeah. him. I mean, that's never come up before. Well, I was wondering something. if this was another, like, yeah. all Italians know Ita- every other Italian. Like, every well, Silvio's other. like, I haven't talked to him in a long time, okay. you know? But, like, but he has legitimately talked to him at some point in time. Yeah, they, right. you know, yeah. But it probably was racist of Chief White, dude, to guess that they did. He didn't. Yeah, that's that. true. He probably didn't know that they actually did know Yeah. Yeah, I like the scene. It gives it the social weight of having to make an awkward phone call, which I yeah. And Tony yells at Silvio, and now Silvio has to make the phone call. Well, just all this passing on of like exploitation and use of identity for these weird yeah. games and stuff. Well, I just don't know why Tony can't say no. I guess because um because the casino owner reached out to Chief Redclay for them and was like, "Hey, we know." So um he did him a favor. It's like a favor trade, and that's why he got involved at all. Right. It's the Mafia code. You don't break the Mafia code, (laughs) or the Mafia breaks you. They do have a barter system. I bet a casino owner has some muscle. You know, it's not a nobody. Yeah, I suppose you're right. return the favor. This is where one of the guys, I think, is complaining about how, like, you can't even call our teams the the Braves or the Redskins anymore. I'm like, good man. Still can now. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You're absolutely right that you probably shouldn't, but you can. And Tony's had enough of that sort of complaining against getting to use old racist sports names. Although, like, his whole objection feels like it's coming from a very selfish place where he's just over all the drama, not that he's like, this episode's over. I'm done with this concern now. I like, well, it's kind of a mic drop on the whole conversation, but I, like the final yeah. thing, which I do think is kind of the show's real point of view, is like, where the fuck is our self-esteem? Like, are we so fragile that we need yeah. Christopher Columbus to be celebrated on this day to feel validated? Yeah. And uh, it's it's pointing that finger at a lot of different um, cultures throughout the episode, how everyone kind of has these triggers. and It's interesting. It's an interesting discussion to me. I mean, yeah. it's one of the clumsier ones on the show, I would say. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's also the episode's called Christopher. It was written by Christopher Maltesanti. Right. And he's sitting in the back, and he doesn't even really say anything. Yeah, I, I found that interesting, too, that he doesn't give himself many lines. Yeah, that, the only uh, thing he does is, like, miss here. Or he's like, Gary Cooper was gay? And he's like, no! <laughs> that was, yeah. like, all he contributes to this whole final discussion. It's that's, a great one line if you only have one. Yeah. That's Michael Imperioli, right? Yeah. Yes. That's do we know what else he's done of note on? Well, I was going to ask David if he recognized him from uh, the short-lived Life on Mars TV uh, show. Remember that yeah, one yeah, with yeah. the guy from the oh, cop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was his, like, main 70s cop yeah, buddy. Yeah, he's also in a tequila commercial right now, I think. <laughs> um, no, he's, uh, he's done other stuff. I forget. Soprano. He's, he's the guy who gets shot in the foot by uh, Joe Pesci right. and Goodfellas. Yeah. Right. He's in yeah. both of those movies. Those are really big together. He's so little in Goodfellas. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of Goodfellas. Minor. There's a lot of Goodfellas bit parts in this yeah. series. Yeah. One of the hugest parts of it. He's Tony's work son. And yeah, 
Uh, so he did title the episode after him, which is a big ego move. But after his character. like two lines. Right, right. Sure. Well, I think Not it's really about Christopher right. Columbus. I think it's just a mislead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is. And, yeah, this is a time where Tony returns to a monologue he's done previously. So it kind of shows you that he has canned responses and how his therapy helps formulate his uh, motivations and helps him deal with work. So he has a speech about how he misses Gary Cooper. And whatever happened to Gary Cooper, you know, the strong, silent type. Everybody gonna make a big noise. Duh, duh, duh. So yeah. that's his unpacking, that masculine archetype that, you know, his father was more like in his generation. Like, they really show the mafia getting lazy and worried about racial stuff, this whole series. Mm. That they shouldn't even be into. They still gotta make money. That's the thing, is are you a big earner? Yeah. So that's the end. That's the end. Fade to black. Turn on journey. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie Valley this time. It is. Well, I like that ending where he's like, well, we still can't do this, or you can't say this. And he's like, well, take it up with Frankie Valley when you talk to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's an awesome, just like, oh, that's it. And then they play a Frankie Valley song. That's awesome. That's going to be a weird phone call, Silvio, but maybe easier. You can have Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> that blew my mind so much when I figured that out. So you guys, that was The Sopranos. Thanks for diving deep on a longer <laughs> episode with me. So would watching you, some serious sort of stuff and some weird fucking, yeah. Would you guys be interested in watching? Not on the strength of this episode. <laughs> oh, huh. man. Um, yeah, no, I was deeply underwhelmed by this. Which, I mean. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it, like, yeah. The, the, the lack of scoring threw me off. Huh. There were scenes where I felt like I was watching at like deleted scenes where they hadn't like finished them up in post yet. Where it was huh. just like, here's two people talking on a set, and we're not gonna like capture the audio well or put any music in or any effects work or anything. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah, but a lot, like I said before, a lot of that I think is just managing my expectations of what I thought The Sopranos was in my head versus what it really is. And I mean, huh. the whole point of this is is this is a bad episode from a good show, so it's certainly not the, like, you know, standout, uh, uh, at least I would hope that it's not, you know, that if I watched one of the, like, classic, really good episodes, I would probably like it more. Well, I think there's, there's only... Gotta be. I mean, this there's isn't, like, as really bad as that Roseanne episode, right? I mean, it's no, still, like, God, no. I mean, it's still, like, a competently put-together episode, and it does, it, you know, asks some interesting questions and explores some interesting ideas. It's not, like, a abject failure or anything, but if I... If I didn't know this was from one of the seminal shows of the last 30 years, I'd be like, eh, yeah, it's fine. I think there's only really, like, I don't think there's really many great, great episodes of The Sopranos that you could just watch on their own without context that would be that great. There's the early one. They the Barons. Yeah, but even still, you wouldn't have any context for who the characters are. It's even like shows like The Office, where you have to watch it and get into the characters before it's really funny, you know? I I think the Pine Barrens one would still be entertaining, but there would be a lot of stuff that you were like, what? Like, this show, you kind of have to watch in sequence to really appreciate. Because it really builds a lot, and uh, it has threads and all these things. David? No. Yeah, well, I think Ryan kind of said what I was thinking, which was, I, it's, I'm i watching this, and I just don't care about any of the characters. 
because I don't really know them at all. So right. Like, yeah. All they seem like is a bunch of racist douchebags to me, so it's not like very <laughs> compelling to completely to start investing my time in them. And I get the show, and I'm not saying it's bad, or this was a particularly bad episode, or there were conversations that happened, or I don't see the merit in the show. It just didn't interest me because I didn't care about it. I didn't know who anybody was aside from Tony Soprano and that he's in the mob. Like It just didn't engage with me in a way that it might if I started from the beginning. Or if you didn't watch what is generally considered one of the worst episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. All right, of course. Sure, sure, sure. That's too bad it didn't grab you and wow you. Yeah, I was wondering. That's the real test is if it can catch some noobs with its worst moment. I know. <laughs> but now you know that you're HBO free. I mean, you might as well. You really, you really might as well, guys. Well, I, yeah, Ryan. I also wanted to shout out. Um, yeah. I think we skipped over the scene where Tony calls the, like, city councilman. or Oh, yeah. Like yeah, that. we did. I just want to point out that that alderman is played by a guy who graduated from David Nice High School. Oh, was he in other stuff? I could, was he in like um, The Wire? <laughs> he may have been. The only other thing that I know him from was Jim Carrey's The Mask, where oh, he where, oh, where he was the like as good straight laced cop yeah. that was trying to catch the mask. Oh, <laughs> that's probably what I know him from, and it's really funny that my brain confuses that with The Wire, which is the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah. The Wire and The Mask. I get them confused. They're both searing looks at the uh, decaying urban metropolis. <laughs> right? And hey, now that we've opened the gates, maybe we will do The Wire and many other HBO shows that have sprouted from Tony Soprano's fecund grundle filled with cold cuts and pasta mm-hmm. and blood of the murdered. <laughs> so yeah, Ryan, upon rewatch for this episode out of sequence, how did you like the Columbus Day? Uh, I mean, I, I would agree it's not one of the better episodes. It's like sure. one of the messier narratives. or But I just love this show. I mean, yeah. I just had a good old time watching this. I actually had watched this episode maybe like a month ago. Because like I say, really? I just put these on all the time. And like I kind of pick random episodes because I've seen The Sopranos so much. So, you know, I wouldn't try to win someone over with this episode. But I was surprised, I guess, when you... I feel like you picked it more just because you wanted to talk about The Sopranos and less because you thought it was a really shitty episode. Yeah, I don't think it's a really shitty episode. I think yeah. it's a really good series. I'm more yeah. faithful to the good than the bad. Right on. But yeah, it, but it was successful in being bad because it didn't wow either of our noobs. Although, sure. Ryan, I still believe you have the Champions Jughead crown full of burgers for making us watch Roseanne shower <laughs> with the muscle hunks. Yeah, I know. Muscle hunks. That was the best the... part of the bad episode. Yeah. <laughs> this, this easily cleared that part. Yes. <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, and I myself also found it not as good as the usual. But also standing alone and watching it by itself, the racial discussions were more mature and prescient of the time than a lot. Um, Giuliani call-out was scary. <laughs> it really showed how much deeper down in the Sopranos we are. It's so there, there was a feeling of decline in the Sopranos because of all the characters that die, and it was right when the economy was fucking up in a big way, and things stopped booming. So there's that feeling, and we're now so much deeper beneath it. It's tragic. <laughs> well, I do blame the show for Trump being president. 
Yeah, it's, it's a whole other sidebar. Yes. <laughs> Do you really? Uh, I'm oversimplifying things in the same way that you could be saving Private Ryan for the Iraq War, but uh, uh, yeah. that's a whole different issue. Uh, I mean, I guess I can see kind of your point. Uh, the, the through line is like, to me, it goes from like Sopranos to Mad Men to Breaking Bad. Okay. Which is all like the rise of people loving the anti-hero and bad yes. guy, which yes. kind of makes hmm. people more accepting of that and that's that's the short version. Of he's it, entertaining. Uh, he's entertaining to watch. So you forget about all the terrible stuff yeah, that he does. Right, right. I can see that. That essay gained credence with me. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I feel like that, the 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 golden age of TV drama is also age of the interim. Yeah, yes. and it has and Tony Soprano is like Exhibit A, and Walter White oh, yeah. is Exhibit like yeah. A plus. <laughs> um, and it's just it's I feel like it's contributed at least within pop culture and spilling over into. Like being a hero isn't cool, isn't good enough. It's better if you're a bad guy trying to do good than a good guy doing good. Yeah, gotta have your rough edges. Yeah, and it's like no, it's a, a good guy doing good is not a terrible thing. Yeah, and it differs from you know, when it's when art starts influencing life as yeah, opposed to vice right. versa that it starts becoming a problem. One Looking for that in real people that yes. are in charge of real issues in people's lives become problematic. Well, maybe America will finally get over the anti-hero. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but they make such good, compelling HBO television. America just needs to graduate from middle school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. So, anyway, that was our episode. A very special episode. Summer Bummers. This was The Sopranos Christopher. And Austin Gordon, when you aren't making awkward phone calls about racial favors, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, well, you can find me filling David's holes on Twitter at <laughs> Austin Gordon. And you can read his writing at realgentlemanofleasure.com. David Bitsenhofer, when you aren't weeping over toy trains, where are you online? <laughs> what is he not weeping yeah, over toy trains? While weeping over toy trains, I may also be online. <laughs> On Twitter at Doctor Vince, that's Doctor spelled out in the real pleasure. And Ryan, when you're not dying to pick up some steaks and eggplants, where are you online? You can find me eating gabagool <laughs> <laughs> and lots of other things. Yeah, that's true. At ohyesverynice.com, o h y e s verynice.com, uh, and that's my Twitter and Tumblr. Hey yo, I am your host this evening, Carolyn Main. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and carolynmain.com, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. You can listen to my other podcast, Pitch Please, and buy the cards at pitchplease.fun and on the River City Podcast Federation. As for us, we are, as you know, a very special episode. You can find us at a very special episode podcast.com, on Twitter at avsepod. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. You can find us on Facebook as slash A-V-S-E-P-O-D. And you can email us about how much you're enjoying this bummer summer at avscpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, David, do you have any hints on what your episode might be in a couple of weeks? Uh, you might offend Oh, I know what it is. <laughs>
our our bummer summer wrap up. <laughs> Haven't they been through enough already? Yeah, I know it's true. I don't know. Yeah. What I don't know what it is. Oh, and you don't. I won't in fact, you. we won't offend them because they'll have a lot bigger issues. Yeah, they'll mind. be too busy trying to live. <laughs> what a time to kick them while they're down. <laughs> but we should get to all the races. You're right. So this is Carolyn from A V S E. So uh, I am imploring our listeners to handle things with the passion and grace that they're famous for. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, with our conclusion of AVSC's very bummer summer, a gabagoo. <laughs> They made the entire cast play actual poker for 12 hours. If I didn't know this was from one of the seminal shows of the last 30 years, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Classic sad clown. Well, I, it's kind of implied he has no Native American in him. Yeah, right? he's, like, he's as Native American as Zach Morris was Native American. <laughs> America just needs to graduate from middle school. Well, maybe you should intimidate people racially more. I will do it more. All right. <laughs> Yeah, that was this AVSC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or the C What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so 